and welcome to Gender Sexuality School. I'm Tara Goldstein, and we're podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. In January of this year, the LGBTQ team interviewed parent and teacher Garrett Metcalf, who talked to us about the queer studies curriculum he designed for queer studies in his high school. When it came time to design her PhD research thesis, team member and musician Kate Ree decided she would like to work with Garrett and his students on using songs to do gender and sexuality education at school. Today, on Gender Sexuality School, Kate is here to talk about her research. Kate, welcome to Gender Sexuality School. Hi, Tara. Thanks for having me. So great to have you here. So let's begin our interview. Kate, can you tell us about the goals of your thesis research and the research questions you're asking and the ones that you um, hope to answer in your study? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, So I'm really interested in using songs as teaching tools in the classroom. Um, I, I think they're... You know, there's in some ways they're very different than using a text or a, a, a movie or a video or things like that. So right. I was really interested in what what sort of what it is it about music and and songs that, you know, open up uh, different pathways to learning. And so um, my my main research question uh, for this study was what happens when queer folk songs are used in a secondary classroom to invite students to reflect on and discuss issues and perspectives related to gender and sexual diversity. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, when you were conducting this study, what are the things that you found out? Yeah, it was interesting because I've been, uh, I was going over actually some of the transcriptions this morning. And uh, one of the things that really stood out for me, and this is something that I want to explore, is this idea of, of you know, queer relationality, right? Where it felt like the song, like, I, I'm reading through the transcripts and there's like all these moments of like laughter, right? Right. And, that was something that's something as a teacher that I've not experienced in classrooms before like these moments of like um, it felt like you know a student would make a joke with something related to sexuality and gender and like everyone would laugh because there's sort of this it felt like there's a lot of shared understanding and shared experience that like sort of brought us together as a group and so um, you know and that in relation to the songs because we would like I'd play a song for them and then give them uh, some time to do a written reflection on it on their own, like in their own thinking. Right. And then we'd come, uh, we'd be together in a circle and then we'd, you know, we'd just say, so, you know, what are your responses? What are your thoughts about this? And so, uh, they had these, this chance to really reflect on it, uh, on their own and then to discuss that, um, with each other. And yeah, this idea of queer relationality where they would bring up a lot of, um, their own experiences or things that they knew or had heard about from family, family members or friends. Um, and just these, you know, people would in the group would like be understanding and nodding or, or you know, uh, laughing and, and, and sort of this joking about it, right? And there was like, it was sort of like um, insider jokes right. sometimes, right? And so so I thought that was really, uh, really interesting and, and sort of unique about this study. Um, the other thing that I learned, and I, and I already knew this, but it really drove it home, is that students are really finding a lot of information online right. about gender and sexuality because they're not getting it in schools. Right. And so um, they have a lot of knowledge already, um, and in particular this group, because they are were 18 years old, so they were more um, young adults um, at an alternative school where they had sort of been pushed out of the mainstream right. system. Um, and so a lot of them were, had come to this particular school because they were sort of marginalized in some way. And so I think they had to find, you know, information about, 
you know, sort of who they were and sort of um, their communities and their families online because those things weren't being discussed in school. So um, they had a lot of they have a lot of knowledge about a lot of these topics, and I also found that, um, you know, on a, on a spectrum of being accepting and open-minded versus you know you know and at the end or at the end not accepting right. and, and close-minded there is an overwhelming sort of um you know feeling that students are really accepting and want to talk about this stuff want to learn about it want to learn more um you know and that was very di- you know when i think about my own high school experience right and my own early teaching experience that was really different you know we didn't talk about this stuff um when i was first a new teacher, um, I was in the closet. Right. You know? And so, you know, that was, in, you know, 2000 to 2002, right? So, you know, a couple decades ago almost. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's there's such a willingness to talk and, and, and a desire to talk about this stuff. We would, our sessions, like, would last about an hour, mostly discussion. Right. And they had a lot to say, you know? So, and I think the songs, um, you know, in terms of a, a, a teaching tool, like really opened up, uh, the, because there's, and I don't know, I don't know what this thing is, but there's something about, you know, music <laughs> paired with lyrics that's a very powerful combination. Yeah, it's a really powerful combination. It's a really powerful medium. Um, it, I think songs get, get into the body in a different way than reading a text does. Um, and open us up to feeling, yes, you know, um, in a different way than, uh, for me anyways, uh, reading or watching something on a screen. Right. Um, and I think that that opening up that feeling and, and um, it is a really productive way to open up discussion, you know. So those are some of the big things I found. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait to read the entire the entire thesis. Yeah. So now that you're analyzing and writing up the findings to your study, mm-hmm. um, and now you have some ideas um, that you've shared today, what advice do you have for teachers who want to queer their curriculum through music? Do you have to be a musician to use music in your classroom? What um, my teachers do to take advantage of um, this pedagogical power of uh, lyrics and music and emotion combining together. Yeah, um, I definitely don't think you have to be a musician uh, to to use songs in classrooms. Um, you know, they're like any other teaching resource in a way. You you have to um, you have to be familiar with uh, correct information um, about gender and sexual identity, but you also have to be familiar with the histories um, and the current issues and conversations that are happening. So right. you know, it's like if you're teaching a, um, any other course you know, you need to be familiar with the course content, right? And so in a, in a way, they're just sort of like, they're little, the, the songs for me are more like jumping off points. Right. Um, and to ha- you have to have that background knowledge because one of the things, and I was really glad that Garrett was with, there with me many times um, facilitating conversations because he has a very particular um, skill at, because he works in uh, equity and, and inclusivity and he's a he's very heavily involved in his union, He's has a very particular skill around helping students see a range of perspectives because there are many right right and you know sort of also helping them to see that you know just because someone identifies with a certain label doesn't mean that their experience is the same with someone else who identifies with that label so there's this human experience also that factors into the whole thing and so I think you know one of the things I do think if you are facilitating discussion is is 
is having some skill around being able to do that. Um, Garrett had a skill in that area that I think augmented my sort of skill level in that area. Right. Um, but I also think that, uh, you know, I think also uh, teachers have to recognize that students already have a lot of information mm-hmm. and they know a lot. Right. Right. About gender and sexual diversity. And they're, they're finding a lot of information online. They're, they're privy to conversations that online that are not happening in schools. Um, and I think the key thing for this is that uh, s- teachers need to be willing to learn alongside the students they need to be willing to make mistakes and Mm -hmm. be okay with that and correct themselves in public like in the classroom um and understand that students you know bring their own learning and their own life experience into this particular topic um because it's i think with this particular topic because of the level of knowledge that students are bringing and some of them don't have this knowledge right? right so there's you know there are students that don't know what certain terms mean or, you know, don't they don't know the history of um, LGBTQ movements and things. But um, that I think one of the things that this research did in particular was sort of trouble that idea that teachers teach and students learn. Right. Right? And so, like, um, that was sort of messed up a little bit. So teachers were teaching and learning, and students were also teaching and learning. You know, we were sort of building knowledge together in these right. conversations. And I think... Um, I think that's sort of, you know, what the songs helped us do because they, you know, each song was a a particular story about a particular sort of person or people. And then the students would, would, you know, some of them would say, yes, I have a story, but that's very similar. Or someone would say, I don't, I don't relate to this because this is my experience. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that idea of, of teachers teaching and students learning is, you know, got really disrupted in this, in this research. And, and so, and I think teachers have to be willing to, to do that, like to be able to, to sort of bring that um, strategy into their classroom. Wonderful. Kate, thanks so much for joining us. I really loved hearing about your project and the way music can be used to queer curriculum in the classroom. It's really exciting work. Very, very exciting work. Kate Reed has been immersed in and passionate about arts-based research concerning the lives and experiences of LGBTQ people and families for many years now, both as a professional musician and as a graduate student researcher. As a musician, Kate has composed, recorded, and performed songs related to gender and sexuality diversity since 2005. In 2013, she released an album called Queer Across Canada, which is a collection of 16 original songs based on interviews she conducted with LGBTQ families across Canada. For our own LGBTQ Family Speak Out project, Kate has composed two original songs, Pushing the Envelope and Let Love Be the Way, both of which can be found on the homepage of the LGBTQ Families Speak Out website. Kate also composed the music for this podcast. If you have any burning questions about gender, sexuality, and school, send an email to info at lgbtqfamiliesspeakout.ca with the subject line, Ask Gender Sexuality School. In future podcasts, I'll take listeners' questions about issues of gender and sexuality at school and try to answer them with the help of some amazing folks who have been thinking about gender and sexuality for a while. 
You can find this podcast at www.lgbtqfamiliespeakout.ca. This episode was edited and produced with support from Helgi Artisan Goodmanson. Thanks to Kate Reed, who composed the music for the podcast. I'm Tara Goldstein. All the best.